Hello, coffee lovers. So why am I here? My love of coffee started with my grandparents hiding coffee candies in their pockets. Finding those little wrapped treasures ingrained that flavor into my memory, along with a sense of love and connection. We are all drawn to the experiences that shape our lives. Coffee has those stories. It invites that connection. It's probably why cafes around the world are packed. We want to feel the energy of people and wrap our hands around a hot cup of connection. Enter the coffee meetup. Coffee, the consummate excuse. You might not even drink it, but it's a tool, a figurative concept, a vehicle to connect. Coffee Culture, the podcast, is your new place for that. There will be short episodes and full interviews. Come for the coffee meetup and stay for the connection. I'm your host, Holly Shannon. Hello, coffee lovers. Today, I have Mike Krausen with me today, and I would like to present him. He's sort of an interesting case in terms of how he got into this market, but we will dive into that. Um, Hello, Mike. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Excellent. So coffee culture is season five uh, for me, and I feel that there's, there's two things that are very relevant Um, The coffee meetup, which we use for all different things from the coffee date to the um, business networking uh, type of virtual coffee thing. And I also know it's a lot about the brew because there's a lot of people who just really love coffee, right? They Mm -hmm. use maybe coffee is just the excuse, right? So um, I want to go back in time with Mike. And I want to find out when your first coffee experience was. Well, my first coffee experience, I have to say as a teenager inside my own house, um, it was not pleasant. Um, (laughs) It was, you know, the coffee that your parents drink, which is often super black and bitter. And obviously, it's an acquired taste, something we have to come to know and love and create our own concoction. but I have to say probably around 15 years old when to try something, I was like, oh, mm, this isn't for me. But then, you you persevered? <laughs> yeah, you know, it probably wasn't until my mid-20s where I started to explore the idea a little bit more and then started to uh, find different things besides like, because obviously like there's more than one way to do things. And oftentimes because we're parents do it, like that's how we do it. And uh as I explored more and obviously like now I'm going to different coffee shops and seeing like, Oh, there's a thing called a latte and like all these other pieces then basically found what I I want. So when I go out, my go-to now is either a latte or I'll do a cappuccino. Okay. And you use obviously my own stuff at my own house. Okay. And is that um, regular coffee for you? Decaf, any particular type? Uh, I prefer a light roast. Mm-hmm. Um, something that's a little easier to palate. Um, at the same time, I do like the caffeine that's in a light roast. Big misconception. People think that a darker roast has more caffeine. That is not true. It's like alcohol. The more you cook the bean, the more that caffeine leaves. It's so funny that I'm so glad you brought that up because I've I've always known that and people um, don't seem to realize like I think that's probably my why I don't love Starbucks because mm-hmm. it smells the the beans are really 
over roasted, like there's almost like a burnt scent to it. And um, I, I get like a light to medium roast really gives you more caffeine, like more of a kick, right? Yeah. So essentially the way that uh, any kind of chain works is you have to have congruency across of every store location. Burnt bread tastes like burnt bread. I don't care if it's sourdough, white or wheat. Burnt coffee tastes like burnt coffee. And when you have 27,000 locations all across the world, obviously one farm cannot supply all of your beans. And so you have to get multiple sources from multiple countries, different climates, different types of beans. And the only way to bring that congruency to get that one Starbucks cup is that they brew it really, really hot, which then essentially burns it, giving it a consistent taste that you can get no matter where you go. Wow. I didn't know all that. That's really awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Now, um, I want to point out uh, to everybody that um, Mike is the owner of Fit Legacy Marketing Agency um, and Coffee Over Cardio. So, I that's why he knows so much about this. So Mike has created an e-commerce company um, with two major licensing deals recently. So um, he knows what he talks about. Um, and he also, we'll put all the links in the show notes, but he also has um, product that he has created. Um, but before, <laughs> before we go into what that product is, when I spoke with Mike, I learned that he approached this business um, in a very different way. And so um, I'm going to ask him to speak to that. But he almost worked in the reverse in that he found um, a niche, if you will, and then he created a product to suit that niche. And usually as entrepreneurs, we have an epiphany about an idea like, this is the product I want to make. This is the type of coffee or or whatever it happens to be. And then you go find your client. So Mike, do you want to share with us a little bit of the arc of that story? Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny enough, I actually just read this this morning inside Alex Ramosi's book. And it's finding a starving audience. You can be super persuasive. You can be an amazing salesman. You can have a great offer. But if you don't have an audience that wants it, it's falling on deaf ears. And I didn't really realize that until later what I'd actually done. But the idea is I wanted to create something niche, something different, something unique, because you have oil and then coffee. So it's the largest consumable commodity in the world. Obviously, that means there's a lot of competition. And so how do I compete with that? Well, I have to be different. I have to stand out. So I'm sure we We've all heard of Starbucks, or excuse me, um, Black Rifle Coffee, which is a really um, military-based gun-ho crowd, and they're super niche, and they're super successful. So I took a note from that. And then there's another company that I follow that has amazing culture, an amazing community. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take that piece from there. I'm going to create that inside my company. Not just sell a product, but try to build a united community. And there was another company I saw where they had the face of the company and it was a very personal touch. So I took that aspect from that company. And lo and behold, we took a niche. So we wanted to go after women who drank Starbucks, worked out, millennial, cared about their fitness, didn't want to get the 400 calorie latte from Starbucks. 
um, be able to find a community with other like-minded women and put a personal touch to it with a lot of different faces to the brand and influencers where it just wasn't about the product, but it's about people and you falling in love with the people that are part of the company. And lo and behold, we came up with Coffee Over Cardio, um, where we focused on really a marketing plan and then products to follow. And so from the business strategy, it wasn't all about the product as much as it was the strategy on who we were going after and what we were going to give them. And then we let those customers tell us what they want. So we started off with four different coffees, a messy bun, a chocolate donut, an organic roast, and a workflow dark roast that has higher caffeine than any of the other coffees. And then from there, the market told us, hey, we love these flavored coffees. So we developed the brand continuously to go after that niche so much so that we now have a subscription every month of a new flavored coffee every month. So for example, this month, it is s'mores called Happy Camper. Last month was Red Velvet. Month before that was Coconut Cream Pie. So it's being fun and interesting and unique and different than everyone else at the market, going after the audience that we wanted. What do you think about the pumpkin spice latte? <laughs> pumpkin spice latte is a really big seller for us. And again, this is just proving the fact of going down that niche. So much so that our pumpkin spice is called Basic AF. And people love that because it's you're right, you're diving into it. And they, that's me. Like, I love everything about this. This isn't just a cup of coffee. It's I, I look forward to it because I can relate to it. It's humorous. And it's not just another bag off the shelf that you get from the grocery store. So it makes your morning experience just that much more fun and cute. Also, too, when it comes to the branding aspect of things, the better your packaging and the better it is, the more they're going to want to share it online, which then helps your company grow organically and through word of mouth. Well, I saw you light up when you were talking about that. Do you, since you went and you found your customer, have you uh, tested with them or gotten their advice in terms of packaging since it's very much a female, millennial, active person and you are not either female or, well, maybe you're millennial and active, but like it's a different mindset. So do you use your customers to dial into the, the next direction you're going, naming or packaging? Yeah. So we'll send out surveys, um, asking them what they're wanting to see, you know, different flavor suggestions. Um, ultimately, something that you'll come to find out as a business owner haven't already, the customer is not always right. Because a lot of suggestions you get for, um, do not pan out. So you got to understand your gut too. Because remember, you're the business owner. And just because somebody has an idea doesn't mean it's a great one. But it does also help you understand where they're coming from, what it is they want. I mean, funny enough, we sent out a survey yesterday. And I asked basically questions that will allow me to help them outside of just selling a coffee. But how can I help you in other aspects of your life? And we got feedback saying they love nutrition advice. They love morning routines. They love mental health practices. So all these things that we can do outside of just selling product, but create things that they can use to better their everyday life. I love that. So um, I want to tap into that a little bit. So um, let's talk about 
hydration then, if we're going to talk about health, um, it is my understanding that um, coffee dehydrates you. And so for every cup of coffee you have, even though it's brewed with water and you think you're hydrating, you're really not, um, you need to have an additional cup of water to offset that. Is that correct? Um, yeah, obviously that's going to vary per person, but any type of caffeine that you have is naturally a diuretic. But the biggest piece is not so much, I think, the caffeine as it is the routine. And what I mean by that is a lot of people wake up, have a cup of coffee. It suppresses their appetite, which also suppresses your thirst. You get to the office, you go to work, you drop your kids off at school. It's 930, 10 a.m. and you haven't had a cup of water yet. So the routine itself, the coffee is a byproduct that causes that to happen, but it's not necessarily the coffee's fault. It's that. I'm not constantly drinking water and getting my day started and, you know, breaking the fast because we just slept six to eight hours with no water. And now we haven't had any for 10. Now we have had 12 hours. So if you went all day without drinking water, you'd be really parched by 6 p.m. However, that's happening. You just don't realize it because you've been sleeping and your morning has basically appetite's been stunted by that coffee. Mm -hmm. So it is super important to hydrate. And I always suggest first thing you do in the morning, we've heard it. Time and time again, chug 12, 20 ounces of water, get your day started, then get your coffee pot brewing, breakfast going and start your day. Well, I definitely start my day with water, but not 20 ounces, I don't think, but um, I do drink a lot. And I noticed um, in your product line that you also leaned heavily into um, hydration products that um, don't just hydrate, that offer like an electrolyte solution. So you absorb um, more of the the water, if you will. Um, and how did that come about? Was, was that to just complement the the coffee situation and the, the dehydration or that was just an epiphany with your clients um that they were seeking that in addition to coffee yeah so everything that we've created is something that i've experienced myself mm-hmm. and i used to be really big in the fitness used to compete as a bodybuilder inside the fitness world and i had a coach at the time suggest he's like you need an electrolyte and so I went and bought one cheap one off Amazon and I put it in my coffee, which basically, if you don't know what electrolyte is, it's potassium, sodium, magnesium, other aspects like that. I dumped that right into my coffee and I realized like, "Mm, this is salty coffee. But I physically felt and saw a difference in my appearance. And I went, man, if I can see it, then internally it has to be tenfold better for me. Because if anytime we can see something on the outside and the inside, it's really churning. If something's really off, if you can see it on the outside. Mm-hmm. So that started the idea of like, okay, well, how can I create an electrolyte to put in my coffee? Because sometimes we do not think to drink that water or to start that day off right. We just, we're going straight for that coffee pot, right? I need to wake up. And so by adding it into your coffee, we're able to do two things at the same time. And so we came out with a salted caramel coffee hydrate. And then the, it really just blew up from there. And now we have like 12 different flavors, some for water, some for coffee. We have water because not everyone likes a sweet coffee in the morning or sweet coffee at all. They prefer black. So we still wanted that same aspect because coffee over cardio, like we 
you know, we're advocates for fitness and a healthy lifestyle. And so, you know, we want our people to work out and exercise and getting in those electrolytes around that time period. So that's what we're current with the water version. But the same piece also goes for the, you know, creamer that we came out with as well, is that how can I be better? And so when we came with the nootropic creamer, the same concept, something I wanted for myself, I found to be beneficial, friends found to be beneficial. So, okay, let's take this to the market. Can you define nootropic for the audience? Yeah, so uh, a nootropic is essentially something that's going to give you mental clarity, cognitive function, focus. It's like lighting the candle from the other end. So it's not a stimulant per se, as far as like making you jittery or caffeine or energy in that way, but it's more of an alertness, waking you up, turning your brain on. And it actually, uh, one of the ingredients that we use, teacrine, actually works well with caffeine, extending the half-life of it, making your coffee essentially last longer. Interesting. Interesting. Have you done any research or added um, anything in regards to mushrooms like chaga, reishi, or lion's mane, for example? Um, we have. However, I haven't dabbled in that realm. So we use the patented ingredients, um, teacrine, cognizine, and huprazine. And so I got to remember too, like I'm trying to flavor eight ounces of water or aka coffee, right? And so when you get into the mushroom side, they're a lot more bitter and any type of apogens are on the bitter side. So being that we only have 20 calories and that comes from coconut, I'm really limited on how I can flavor something. Because for example, obviously this is in the supplement health realm, right? When you have something like a protein powder, you've got 20 to 25 grams of protein, aka 100 calories to have that flavor sit on. Mm. So for example, apple cinnamon oatmeal tastes much different than plain oatmeal because that cinnamon has something to sit on. If you just put cinnamon in water, it would be very diluted not, and not taste very well. So because we don't have calories to sit on, we have to pick and choose those ingredients because we're only able to mask bitters only so much. So you you brought up calories here. I kind of want to lean a little bit on um, protein as well. So like I put mm -hmm. collagen in my yeah. coffee um, for the protein, but also because collagen has benefits in terms of your microbiome um, and uh, for your hair, skin, nails, like it improves mm -hmm all of those things. See, look how much I'm glowing. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> and I really, um, I like to do that. However, introducing protein into your morning coffee. See, this is my little health. I, I know just enough about health to be annoying at a party, I always say. So adding protein into your coffee breaks the fast that Mike spoke of earlier. Um, and a lot of people um, are trying intermittent fasting to um, gain more mental clarity, actually, and to um, help with their diet, um, streamlining their diet for different reasons. Um, I'll, I'll get into intermittent fasting on another episode. I won't pull Mike down that rabbit hole necessarily, but um, your products, do they con contain protein that would offset in somebody who decides to intermittent fast. Right. So all of our coffees are calorie free. There's nothing in those. 
we use an extract that you would normally find inside a cake. So like a vanilla or almond extract on top of the beans. So calorie free, not a problem there. The hydrates, um, essentially the same thing. We have one carb that comes from calcium. So any electrolyte you have is going to have that calcium in it, which is then going to give you that carb. I don't think four calories I would consider breaking a fast. And then with the uh, Smart Start Creamer, we do have the 20 or 25 calories, depending on the flavor that you have. And so I guess technically it would be breaking a fast, being that there are calories. However, um, we're talking 20 calories. And the entire point of that creamer is to give cognitive function, which is what you're trying to get out of it. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. being that there is no protein, no carbohydrates in that, um, it is just the, the fat sources um, that's discrepancy on the person, whether they find it worth it to break that fast for them or not. But you know, everything I, I we get- do is vegan, dairy-free, keto-friendly, essentially all the aspects because we want to try to hit all markets that we can. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say, you might actually still be intermittent fasting with your product. And it's probably something worth researching a little bit only because I don't think it's so much about the calories because you're sourcing them from fats and not from proteins. So I'm pretty sure like, for example, like Bulletproof Coffee, if you put um, butter or MCT oil in the coffee um, and have that not 100% sure on this, I'm going to do some research, but I don't think it breaks the intermittent fasting. I think um, the the way your body processes that is it does not take it out of a state of what's called autophagy. Hey, coffee lovers, I have two quick announcements. I am opening a YouTube channel at Holly Shannon, and I'm going to have all of coffee culture on there. So you can capture the little shorts for five minutes here and there, or you can capture the full length interviews. Also, my book Zero to Podcast is on Amazon and it's on my website and it is the how-to guide to start your podcast really fast and get your voice and ideas on iTunes and Spotify like I did. It makes a great holiday gift for you, perhaps a graduation present or maybe it's your New Year's resolution. Both links are in the show notes and now back to our show, Coffee Culture. Have you had... Uh, your clients ask you at all about um, fasting or, I mean, you you obviously said it's vegan, keto, and paleo. Is that because from the very beginning, your client was asking for that or it was more by accident? So being from fitness background, we try to create anything that is easy to digest, um, helps the individual, including myself, right? So I'm limited to calories when I was doing these fitness shows. So I didn't want to add anything extra to that. Obviously, you know, everyone has different dietary restrictions, dairy being a big one. And so when we first launched the product, um, we used an MCTO that was agglomerated. Um, And agglomerate essentially is allowing a product to um, dissolve in hot fluids, Mm -hmm. hot soluble. And most supplements aren't because they're meant to be made in water, but they spray dry them with whey and to keep them from sticking. And so whey protein, for those that don't know, um, 
which is uh, dairy. dairy. Mm-hmm. So we have since changed from that to go to more of a just a coconut base now instead of using the MCT oil. Obviously, MCT oil is derived from coconuts, um, but we use a coconut powder now instead just to be a little bit more inclusive to everyone, even though the amount of dairy, whether you have an uh, intolerance or allergic um, depending on, you know, how much you're willing to to work with that, whether you can work with it at all. Mm -hmm. But um, products have developed over time. The only thing that we're not is we're not naturally sweetened. Mm -hmm. And we've had requests for that. But again, going back to the coffee piece, being able to flavor something inside such a small amount of water, we just cannot nail a flavor with the natural sweeteners, with the nootropics in it. If I was just going to create a creamer that was just a flavor, sure, not a problem. But we haven't been able to nail down that piece and not using um, uh, the sweeteners that we use to make it an effective and good tasting product. Because like, it can be effective, but if you don't like it, you're not going to drink it. And then it doesn't help me or you. Mm-hmm. So we've had to, that would be our only one hiccup. But again, that's such a small percentage of people that uh, I always said is like, if you're living such a healthy lifestyle that that's the one piece for you or you can't do it, then that's, I get that. But I'm trying to get somebody from stop drinking 400 calorie latte from Starbucks. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's, it's one step at a time because you, you can't go from eating a whole pizza every day to salads every day and keep that maintainable <laughs> lifestyle, right? So step-by-step step process to getting to a living a better life. What what sweetener do you use? Just a typical like cane sugar? Sucralose inside the, which is traditional across all supplements for the hydrate and the creamers. The coffees are not sweetened. They just have extracts. So if that is a concern for anyone, then the coffees would be the route to go. What's your best-selling coffee? I would have to say the messy bun and doctor's orders. Those also have to be my favorites, but those are neck and neck each month. They go back and forth. The messy bun cinnamon bun, which is a half cinnamon, half hazelnut. And then our doctor's orders, vanilla hazelnut, which is a half vanilla, half hazelnut. And those are both light roasts. Hmm. So you get your, your kick of caffeine and a little bit of flavor. Absolutely. Nice. Nice. Um, what's on deck? What do you think is the next frontier of flavor for you? So um, this month, we will actually be releasing our first collaboration coffee with Dippin' Dots. We're doing a cookies and cream, uh, ultimate brownie batter, uh, and a few other flavors inside their line. But what I'm really excited for is that we have a collaboration now with Fruity Pebbles and Cocoa Pebbles. And I've had these type of products before um, in the past and when we were doing samplings and things. And so I'm really excited because it is unique, fun flavors. Obviously chocolate and coffee is always good. Um, And then for the fruity pebbles, um, it's unique, but it's also very good as well. And I don't know if you've ever had like a blueberry coffee before, but it's really good and really unique. Um, Cause it's not what people think. And it's always like, you're really hesitant because like, it's so different. But once you try to like, that's actually really good. That actually is surprising. 
Um, Because it it is a a new, fresh note that you're normally not used to when it comes to the coffee world, because it's always about decadent and never on the fruity side. So I'm really excited about those two pieces to come out for us. That's cool. I I have to admit, honestly, I'm not a fruity pebbles or, you know, blueberry flavor, anything like that. Um, It's just not me. Um, Mm -hmm. But I like that you have a spectrum of things like you, you have the purest side, you have just the coffee. I think you had like four or so different coffees that were unflavored. Is that correct? We do. And is that what you started with before you started doing the flavors? We did two flavors, two non-flavors. And then again, the flavors um, held their own because it's different, right? Because if you want to get normal coffee, you just go get normal coffee. Um, cause it's hard to sell the idea of like just coffee as itself. And that's why we had to go different and be niche. And so I've got a French toast coffee. You can't get that anywhere else. Um, obviously pumpkin spice, right? But, you know, next month in the secret stash, we're doing a ganache flavor. We're calling it, um, oh my ganache. <laughs> And it's, you, know, you should launch that at Hanukkah because it does have a little Jewish <laughs> bent to it. <laughs> so the idea essentially is just to come up with those fun, unique pieces. Um, we do have something for everyone. Um, my dad even drinks our coffee. He loves the morning y'all, which is our um, breakfast blend. It's a nice cherry note. He also enjoys the workflow being it's a 75% dark roast. So he gets that nice taste. But it has 25% of a Guatemala double A bean, which gives it uh, a lot of caffeine kick. So it's 156 milligrams of caffeine inside a dark roast, which is contradictory to the first statement that we said that darker roasts have lighter caffeine or less caffeine. So we we try to find something for everyone, but 90% of our people come to us for those light roasts. Those flavored roasts. That's kind of interesting how you changed the recipe to sort of meet the palate that enjoys a darker roast flavor, like a richness, but um, without losing the caffeine. So that's that's really interesting that you changed the recipe to suit that. I like that. Well, but the I- biggest conception is like when people's like, man, I love me a good dark roast. And I'm like, so do you like, are you searching for caffeine or some nice, bold, strong, you know, pungent taste? Mm-hmm. And they're like, mm-hmm. I want the caffeine. I'm like, well, technically you're not doing that. You think you are because it's stronger tasting. So surely it's got to be more caffeine. Um, and so like it wakes me up more. Well, there's two ways to wake up. Upset your stomach because it's a dark roast. And so your stomach's going to essentially be churning to digest that um harsher bean and then a harsher liquid that you just put in it which is then going to wake you up but then you also have the caffeine wake up so it's two different pieces and it's again just a misconception on what it is that they're actually getting versus what's actually happening to them let me ask you a question um you may or may not know the answer to this but you were saying would upset the stomach the darker roast is it also hot like a higher acidity the darker the roast or am i just making that up um yes I'm making it up or yes, it is higher um, No, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm fairly certain um, that it is. Now that you're um, questioning about it, 
Um, but I'm I'm fairly certain that it is a higher acidity with the darker the roast. All right, I'll have to do a little research. We can yeah, throw. Don't that hold in. me to that, please. Correct yeah, me don't hold me to it either. I, I'm just asking the question because you said how it could upset the stomach, and I'm like, oh, yeah. well, maybe that's the key. Maybe that's what makes it higher in acidity. Um, but I'll do well, the a more research. something's cooked, the harder it is to digest. Right? We digest sugar like that. Mm-hmm. It's easy. It's breaking down. You eat a raw potato, you're going to have to have a lot more enzymes a lot more stomach acid to break down that hard substance. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a tougher material to, to try to break down inside your stomach and your gut. So whenever something's cooked darker, it's, it's, it's more hardened. Mm-hmm. And so you're having this same thing. You're trying to digest that liquid. Um, that is much more difficult than the light roast would be. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to definitely do a little research. So on that's that. essentially like, so that breaks down to the same thing as like um, simple sugars versus complex carbs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's how fast your stomach can break it down. Well, coffee essentially is the same way. Like whether it's, you know, raw bread, I say raw, not toasted versus toasted or burnt. Like there is a difference. Is it a lot? Not really, but there is a difference between the two. And so that's essentially like what I'm trying to get at there. Excellent. So I I definitely think the flavored coffees are, you know, obviously so well received. Um, And I think a lot of places are trying to become very unique in the flavors they create, just like you're doing. So you're definitely onto something. I I mean, I go here in uh, Georgetown to Blue Bottle um, Mm -hmm. and they introduced a um, black cardamom latte. And for me, I feel like it's a sophisticated version of a pumpkin spice latte. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's another t- take on like a harvest kind of flavor and note. Um, so it's without a doubt not going anywhere. So Mike, you have captured a very attentive market. And I love that your business strategy was in reverse that you went and found something that people were looking for before you went and created it. So I think you're onto something or I well, I probably don't that. need me to tell you that, but <laughs> that's really uh, cool. I've got a question for you. You might know, you might not. No. Do you know the type of uh, bean or essentially the source from Blue Bottle? I believe they're, is it Ethiopian bean? It's a really good question. I think they source from a few different. I know there's different varieties out there um, because I've been in there and I remember seeing like all the bags and they were different fair trade sources. Got it. Yep. Um, I would have to probably go on their website or pull up the picture I took in the store of all the coffees to answer that question. So um, a little a little nugget for those listening. I found in my own research that the, the climate in which the bean is grown, the more moisture it has, the more palatable the coffee will be. So it'll be a little more bitter if it's in a drier region. And it'll be a little more softer and smoother in a um, more moisturized region. So for example, like all the coffees we get, our flavored stuff come from Costa Rica because it, the bitterness is not going to overpower the flavoring. It's a more of a mellow bean, which allows that flavor to really pop through. And we've and also more moisture, done, right? And more mm-hmm. moisture in Costa Rica. Okay. Right. 
um, versus I've done an Ethiopian bean, um, still a great coffee. Uh, we used to do it for our, our cold brew packs that we discontinued. And it's a, it is a great tasting coffee. It's just a little bit more on that drier, bitter side in comparison to being a lot smoother and more mellow from the other beans that we've gotten from the South America regions. Interesting. So, so you, so you have a few different beans that you use based on the flavor you're trying to achieve. So you use um, both. We have different beans based off the type of roast. So all of our flavored coffees, we use the same base. We use that uh, Costa Rican 100% Arabica, and then um, we have Brazilian. We have Guatemalan. Um, we used to have Honduras. We don't have those anymore. But those are our main three. And whether it's flavored or not is depending on which ones we'll use to really capture the notes we're trying to get. Cool. So would the next frontier for Coffee Over Cardio be little pop-up shops maybe where people could get a more unique experience? Because we know the mm -hmm. cafe is is the play of the day, right? Absolutely. Um, so when we first started, the idea was to go online and then create three to five shops ourselves and then just franchise out and go from there. Because, you know, we wanted to create those French toast lattes and those weekly pieces where it's a revolving menu, super fun, super cute. Um, and just all around is a nice experience. That's not your typical coffee shop. Mm -hmm. Um I've also come to realize like how hard it is whenever you're running two different businesses to, okay, I'm going to work in a coffee shop and become a barista and all these things. So for myself, it is in the, um, in the future, something I want to do. I think it just finding the right person to partner with that can take that on because I have no experience in the retail space. So finding the right partner to take that on and that can execute that um, with my input you know, but them handling the management of employees and how to run a retail location and things like that. So it is something I want to do. It is in the works. Um, and that uh, that application is open for those that are interested in that. <laughs> well, I, I didn't mean to send you down the rabbit hole. I was just curious uh, where you were headed with that. So um, that's really cool. And you never know, right? Uh, who's, who's listening to this? We're on YouTube now at Holly Shannon. So um, definitely jump in and join us. And I thank you, Mike. This was really amazing. We got a little bit of um, how you went about your marketing strategy for this business, the e-commerce side of it, and the science side of it and health. So I, I feel like we we hit all of the points that people find very interesting about coffee. So thank yeah. you. This was really great. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for coming on Coffee Culture. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Share your thoughts and ideas on Coffee Culture. You could put them in the reviews on Apple Podcasts or DM me on Instagram. And if you'd like to support an indie podcaster, there is a link in the show notes for buying me a coffee. Please subscribe and share a cup of coffee culture with your friends. This season is produced by Pale Blue Studios.